Ah, what a beautiful day to celebrate those who embrace all walks of life. The bluebed kind of guy. From the tradies and crypto traders to the manscapers, landscapers and park footy fourth raiders. We get around them all. We've been to Paris, Dubai and Rome, but prefer Pakenham, Doombin and Randwick. And from the land down under, we love an underdog. Like the little Aussie battlers batting above. That's why you bet with Bluebet, the true blue Aussie bookie. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. Welcome to what I'm backing in why our afternoon sport racing bulletin brought to you by Bluebet. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my News Corp colleague, racing journalist Matt Jones, who you'll know from news.com.au and the wonderful Brad Miller. Brad, of course, at Horse Miller 3. Gentlemen, how are you? Yeah, good, Tim. Good, Tim. Today on the show, we'll look at some horses to have a bet on. Boy, there's some good racing over the next few days. We'll have our best bet of the day. The Quaddy will be in there as well. Okay, gentlemen, $100 to bet on a number of races here. Let's start with, this is thanks to the good people of Bluebet, of course, Mooney Valley, race seven, the Moyer Stakes. Brad? Yeah, group one, 1,000 metres, wait for age. Um, track's a genuine soft five, so if they get any rain, expect it to get a downgrade to a six. Hopefully the rain can stay away. Um, last year in this race, Wild Ruler stalked the leaders to win, and the two winners prior to that, Pippi and Nature Strip, both led. So I'm looking for horses that'll be sort of on the speed or stalking. Um, one of those is the four zoo style. Um, going into the race, I was expecting to find something else because I'm on this, me and my members are on this one all in at $51. But here on the pod, we boxed him up with Rothfire for a nice result in the McEwen um, last time out. And I just think he can turn the tables on him this time. His second up record's better than Rothfire. And I just think he can elevate now, second up staying at 1,000 metres. And his second try at the Valley as well. So he was slow away first up there. That just meant he had to be used up to push through and find the front. So if he can just jump with them, uh, I think he can just cruise through his gears and I doubt they'll catch him. I'm really hoping we dodge the rain and it stays a five, but I think a six would be okay. Um, Rothfire's been kept fresh. I just think he might be looking for a little bit further now and he's sort of half the price of Zustal, so I don't see any value there. Um, the Philly 12 Coolangatta comes through the same race. Uh, we know that she's going to take a sit this time, so it's Malkovich that's likely to be the one sort of putting the pressure on up front. Um, as I said, if Zustol jumps cleanly, I think Oli can just cruise across from the wide gate and sit outside Malkovich without too many troubles. And Coolangatta will do absolutely no work from gate one. She'll just sit in behind them and she'll be looking to poke through a gap late. She's only tiny, so Jamie Carr, you know, won't want to be bullocking out on her. Uh, she'll just need something to open up and she can just push through. I did like her gallop during the week at the Valley. She sat in behind a couple of stable mates uh, and looked really good doing that work. So that'll just save her some petrol at the end. Um, the horse they all have to beat is the two Pulele down from Sydney. Um, he's the class. He flies fresh. He's unbeaten first up. Uh, only go at the Valley was a dominant win on debut over this trip. I just think the 1,000 metres is a bit of a different beast um, at this level. They'll be going pretty quick and he just might get a little bit further back than people are anticipating. And the best ruffie in the race is the Inferno. You know, he's got a great second up record. Uh, Everest runner last year. Yeah, he ran second in this race last year. That was mm. third up. Um, he's four from five second up and 
the only problem for him is is a back mark. And I think that just makes it a little bit tough for him to actually win. So the way I'm going to play the race, I'm going to have my main bet on Zoo Style. I'm going to have $40 a win. He's out to about $9 now. Um, my second bet in the race is going to be the filly, the 12 Gulangatta. Um, I'm going to have $30 a win on her. I noticed she's been back. She's sort of 10 into 8. Um, and I don't want to lose on the race if Pulele wins. So I am going to have another 30 on him. I think he's around $4. So that'll just make us make us a small profit. Okay, there you go. There's the uh, there's the Moya. Look, I'm going to stick with Rothfire. Um, I'm pretty basic. Rothfire did the job for me last time in the McEwen Stakes. Uh, uh, Heathcote Sprinters, well, they just seem to do well at this track. Um, and his 1,000-metre record is so good, Rothfire. Maps nicely. Oh, look, it's going to be pretty frantic out in front. So I'm just going to have... My $100 from Bluebet on Rothfire. What are you going to do, Matty? Well, I hate to say it to the listeners and the punters out there, but I think you could run this race five or six times and get four different winners. Yeah, great. And I guess the market suggests that with Paul Ailey, the $4 favourite. Um, um, look, Paul Ailey has let me down a little bit. I, I, whether you remember in the winter, I just thought, um, you know, some of those races up at Eagle Farm were there for him to win. I know he ran into Marzu twice. And but he should have won that the Kingston Smith Cup that day. He just, I just, I don't know. He should have won that race really because he found his dry track. This is what we're going to worry about again on um on our first up on Friday night that it is going to be wet. He is better on the dry, although he did handle he does handle the wet. But I think you you know you have to be at his best over a thousand meters fresh. I think Rothfire, you know, obviously just won that race on his merits. Um, he. Makes his own luck. He'll sit in behind a leader and be in the striking striking distance and be in the zone. Um, goes well second up. Has good soft track figures. Wouldn't want it to get any heavier than soft. Um, and I'm, I agree with Brad. The Inferno. I don't know why he why can't he nab them late now. Um, good second up record. An underrated horse despite um, running in an Everest and and having a fair record and does go well at the track. Don't forget. And Zoo Style will be right there, as we know, the whole way. This horse beat Coolangatta fair and square last start. Goes well second up. I'm just going to back the horse I just think's the best horse, and I think it's Rothfire. Um, I just think he'll just win. It just sets up well for him. But it wouldn't surprise me if two or three of the others win. But we'll just have a... We'll have our 100 bucks on Rothfire at $4.50. I think that's a fair enough price for a horse that's really informed. Okay, well, let's start having a look at Rose Hill. And the Golden Rose is race eight at Rose Hill tomorrow. Brad, what do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty keen on the favourite here, the 16 in secret. Boy, wasn't she impressive in the run of the Rose. She popped off the heels in the straight, uh, cruised up to them, and when asked to go, she just smashed them the last 200. That's usually the right form reference for the Golden Rose. Um, I'd prefer it if it's drier. I'm not sure what's happening with the weather over there. I did say they missed a bit of rain um, yesterday, but they might get some today. She's handled all the way down to a heavy nine, so there's no worries if the rain comes. I just think she's much better on top of the ground. From a good draw, she can stalk the speed, and I expect her to show her dominance again late. Um, I'll be looking for Golden Mile to put in a nice sort of Caulfield Guineas trial here. Um, that's a double my uh, Horse Miller members have taken as well. In secret, in the Golden Rose into Golden Mile in the Caulfield Guineas. I think he's as good as Arf Carbon in my view, um, and he's sort of doubled the price in that race. And there's a, there was a roughie here, the six Prometo, um He's another one I like for the Guineas. He's still $61 available for him there if the punters are looking to have a bet. 
Um, stepping to 1400 is a big plus. I only really got warm the last 100 metres and through the line at 1200 in the Rosebud. I thought he was terrific there and he's just looking for a mile already. I just think in secret will be a bit sharp at 1400, um, but he's certainly heading in the right direction and he's one to keep an eye out going forward. Um, he's got a decent race in him, you know, at 1,600 to, to 2,000 metres. So for the for the Golden Rose, I'm just going to have my $100 a win on number 16 in secret. I think she's going to be too good for them. All righty, I'm going to go for a Melbourne Raider here. I'm going to go for Jackana. Um, look, uh, as a two-year-old, had all this expectation, probably didn't live up to it. Um, good win uh, a few weeks back. I, I, I like um, what Mick Price has to say about this horse, $7.50 with Blue Bet. So um, for me, it's race eight, number three, and I'll put $100 straight on the smacker out of the five. Matty? Yeah, I'm going to go with some value here. Um, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm clinging on to him and rate him a bit more than everyone else, but I just think at 20, 20 to one, over 1,400 metres second up, I'm waiting for Sir Jardin to to do something. I thought he was a pass mark um, first up in the run to the Rose, obviously in secret, had his measure there. But I just think second up over more ground, um, he's ready to go. We can't forget what he did do, winning a couple of really nice races against a lot of, uh, against his own age as a two-year-old and he faces his own age again. $20 on Bluebet. Um, maybe it is his right price, but uh, I just want to take a bit of that. Um, the Phillies obviously don't have a, they have a terrible record in this race, although they don't. A lot of them don't get set for it, but um, the history is against them. With only one one Philly winning this race, um, in it's I think it's been around for twenty years now. So um, that's going to be it's history against it. I don't normally like betting when it comes to history with humans, but with horses I do. Um, and but. The, the other thing is, as we all know, the Phillies have had it over the, the Colts um, as two-year-olds. Will they have it as three-year-olds? We're not 100% sure yet, but I just think in secret possibly should be undefeated. Um, James McDonald, barrier three. And the other two Phillies, Fireburn and She's Extreme. I, 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 my gut says Fireburn's a better horse than She's Extreme, but um, She's Extreme's drawn better. Fireburn's going to going to need a hell of a lot of luck from barrier 16 but on a wet track I thought she also finished off the run to the rose very nicely and was doing her best work late and I want to give her another chance but at $20 the win and at $5 the place I'm going to go 50 each way on Sajardin. Okie dokie alright let's move to Sunday I'm actually heading out to the Bathurst Cup on Sunday which I'm looking forward to and I'll be keeping a very close eye on what happens at Sandown and that's where our next $100 is race 7 in the Underwood Stakes Brad? Yeah another group 1 um, pretty blessed this weekend uh, this is uh, 1800 metres weight for age uh, working backwards, in the autumn, I'm thunderstruck, ran Mr. Brightside to a half length in the Doncaster Handicap. That was on a heavy nine, and he carried five kilos more than Mr. Brightside that day. Now meets him at level weights at weight for age. Um, yes, no, no doubt Mr. Brightside has improved since then, but they've both taken huge steps, this preparation, uh, and I just can't see how Mr. Brightside can beat him on a better surface this time with that weight swing against him to 1,800 metres. Uh, I'm Thunderstruck also ran down Alligator Blood in a 400-metre burst after being held up at 1,600 in the Maccabi Diva. Uh, At 1,800, I just can't see Alligator Blood turning the tables on him either. 
That leaves us with Zaki as the clear and obvious danger in the race um, to I'm Thunderstruck. The jury was out on him a bit for me uh, after the flop in the Dubin Cup, but he bounced back first up in the tramway on heavy ground, the same race he won last year before winning the Underwood second up. Uh, much tougher Underwood stakes this year, uh, but second up he generally either improves his rating or holds a high first up rating. Uh, the win first up this time in rated around his top, so if he improves again here, they won't be beating him. Uh, if he just holds that rating, Thunder's on a trajectory where I think um, with his improvement, he can knock him over. The the little query I can find on Zaki in his ratings are after a heavy track run. So last prep, he fell away after the, um, the Queen Elizabeth on the heavy 10, ran a big number there, then dropped away in the Hollandale on a heavy nine. And then he faded again. His rating faded again to lose the Dooman Cup on a good four track at his next start. So there's a little bit of data developing there to suggest he's a potential risk of dipping here after a heavy truck run. Um, so that sort of brings me to my betting strategy for the race. These two stand out for me, but I'm just not comfortable just taking the Quinella. So I'm going to back... I'm Thunderstruck, $75 for the win. And just in case Zaki does improve his rating second up like he normally would, I'm going to take the exacta Zaki to win and Thunderstruck to run second for $25 to get a result there as well. I'm pretty confident I'm Thunderstruck will run really well. Yeah, I can't split them either. I, I, I'm going to go the $100 Quinella. I'm just going to put it out there and uh, I just don't think any of these others are going to pip them. So Zaki and I'm Thunderstruck, and we're looking at a little bit of a, a Cox Plate preview in a way, aren't we, Matt? Sure are, and this is I'm Thunderstruck's chance. Well, maybe he isn't already. He is already a Cox Plate contender, but if he knocks off Zaki, um, he's he's really a genuine Cox Plate contender. Um, I'm certain that Zaki and I'm Thunderstruck are both better horses than Mr. Brightside, who... He's a Doncaster winner and has beaten I Am Superman um, this time in and uh, sorry last last in the in the yeah first up in the in the Lawrence Stakes and I Am Superman's flying down in Melbourne at the moment and flying on unsuitable surfaces too so um, no doubt like Brad said Mr Brightside has improved but there's a whole new ball game I think taking on Zaki and I'm thunderstruck um, talking to Annabelle Nisham about six weeks ago. I asked her, you know, how good is Zaki going off? Because we all expected him to just come out and win the Doom Cup. In, but he didn't. He was beaten by a very good horse, though, I think, in that Wessel. Um, and she said, don't worry, he's back. And she was proven right in the tramway where he won on class alone. Um, not his preferred trip. Beat Ice Bath, who, we, as we all know, is um, in good form and flying. And Nimble Ease won a Group 1 last prep. I'm Thunderstruck has gone to a, another level this time in, even though he's won an all, uh, second in an All-Star Mile, won a Golden Eagle and second in a Doncaster. Um, at weight for age now, he was fantastic in the Memsey and the Maccabi Diva. Um, I think those two will fight it out, which is why I'll have the $100 exact. I'll back Zaki to beat I'm Thunderstruck just on a slight class factor. But then you got Alligator Blood there, would it surprise you if the old bone and muscle gay waterhouse Adrian Bothorst just lifts and, and holds on and they just can't catch him? It, it wouldn't surprise me, but I just think at 1,800 metres they might run him down. But um, I think Zaki and I'm Thunderstruck are the two clear standouts and the, the market says that. Alrighty. Okay, let's have a look at the Sandown Stakes for you, which is race eight, 
Brad. Um, I'm going to actually have $100 on um, military expert, this Annabelle Neesham horse. Uh, put it on the nose, $4.60, Jamie Carr. What do you think uh, for the Sandown Stakes? Yeah, that's a good shout. Uh, the Memsey form stacking up through I'm Thunderstruck, Alligator Blood in the Maccabi Diva. And last week we saw Callsign Mav win the Rupert Clark. Dragon Leap would have met Callsign Mav about three kilos better from the Memsey if he made the Rupert Clark field last week. He was left stranded as first emergency, uh, but it's safe to say he would have given that race a huge shake. Now drops from a Group 1 Memsey to a Group 3 level and drops 59 kilos down to 55.5 kilos. So the only disadvantage for him is the map, but he's, he's the one they have to beat. Military expert, the one you've just mentioned, Tim, um, jumped out of the ground this time in. Something's just clicked for him. The winkers went on this prep. That could be it. Or, you know, maybe it's Jamie Carr who's ridden in both starts for two huge career peaks. Whatever they're doing, it's working. Uh, Gets a lovely run on the speed. He's a four-year-old on a huge upward trajectory. And if he improves again, I doubt they can beat him. Um, And the other one I like in the race is the 12, Gentleman Roy. He was underdone first up. Um, but a terrific run behind a future Group 1 winner, I Wish I Win. He was pested early by Buffalo River, beaten four lengths, but the rating he produced there suggests he's back better again this time in, and he'll take great improvement from that. He's never missed a top two finish. He races on the speed, and uh, as long as that first up run didn't flatten him, he'll give this a huge shake. Um, So I'm working with those three. I'm potting the favourite pinstriped, I need to mention him. I know a lot of ponders out there um, just want a tip. You know, they want morals, not novels. Uh, but I think it's important we also try and help educate the punters as well. So rather than just potting it, here's a bit of a diatribe on uh, how I came to the conclusion he's a false favourite. feels weird potting a horse that I like. I do rate him, um, especially potting him at the weights when he's on the minimum, but you're just going to have to hear me out. The basic and obvious measure is the handicap rating, three and a half kilos behind Dragon Leap at the ratings, but he's only getting one and a half kilos off him, but I'll dig deeper than that. First up, he carried just 54 kilos against a horse called Scalopini. Um, that horse carried 58 and a half, and we all agree Scalopini's just a good average sort of listed grade horse, and he beat Pinstripe by over two lengths. Pinstripe had a nice run. He was three wide with cover, ran on well. Uh, a horse called El Rocco finished alongside him. That horse actually goes around in this race as well. So when you look at military expert first up, he too beat El Rocco at Caulfield but carried four kilos more. That was 58 kilos versus 54. Pinstripe's beaten El Rocco the same margin but they were at level weights. El Rocco's now $20. Pinstripe is now the $4 favourite. Military Expert and Pinstripe both now carry 54 kilos in this race. So in addition to the weight pool Pinstripe was getting in a weaker race last time and lost, I'm drawing the conclusion there's a relative four kilo edge to Military Expert through El Rocco. And Military Expert has actually since again improved his rating at his next start. So yes, Pinstripe Parade well had improvement to come, but the market is just wrong in my opinion. So I'm pretty keen the five dragon leap. I'm petrified Military Expert, and I think Gentleman Roy on the speed runs well. So I'm just going to box those three in the Quinella, um, five, nine, and twelve for a hundred dollars, and that you'll, that'll get you the Quinella about thirty-three times. All right, that'd be nice if that came off. Uh, Maddie, what about this Golden Pendant? Quickly, what do you think again? Yeah, typical uh, mare's race, tough, um, open market. A lot of these horses, you know, going on to bigger and better things, Group 1s, um, especially down in Melbourne. Uh, you'll see a lot of them down there, obviously, for the Empire Rose. 
Uh, it, what's it called now, Brad? It's not the Empire Rose anymore. Uh, I don't no, know what that race is called. It used to be the Maya, and they've changed it back to the Empire Rose, yeah. They've changed it 60 times. Yeah. It annoys me. But anyway, we'll move on. Um, Espiona, the jury's out still. $4.40 favourite. Um, didn't race its head all over the place first up. Um, I think people's... You know, the worst thing maybe for this horse was that great win down in Melbourne <laughs> early on in its career because it's, it's had a huge tag on it since and it has won a race since, and but a lesser race, to be honest, than this. Um, barrier 15, J-Max on board, going to need luck, as we know. Speaking of luck, Nimalee, Matthew Smith was just shaking. Talked to him uh, the other day, and he was he struggled to talk when, he, when the barrier sixteen came out. He was very frustrated because his horse is on fire um, at the moment. Doesn't have to take on like Sazaki this time. Um, if Nimley gets luck early on, sits outside the leader in the first three hundred, then we're on here because Nimley really goes well at, at the track and is a six dollar second favorite on Blue Bet. But I want to go with Star Tontes Barrier Eight. I think. Star Tontes will handle the give in the ground. Um, she was enormous in the Scirocco, coming from well back <clears throat> against a runaway filly in uh, Shades, a mare, sorry, in Shades of Rose, who they're talking even Everest slots with at the moment, which is a bit fanciful, I think. But um, the horse that beat at Shades of Rose is on fire, and she's come from near last to, to run two lengths behind it in the Scirocco. Her second up record, two wins from four starts, is great. Barrier eight, better barrier now. She had bad luck in the up there in, in the winter with wide gates and getting too far back in big races. Although she did storm home to beat Snap Dance from the Tats Tiara, so I just think seven dollars on on Blue Bet is a good price for her. So I'll, I'm going to put my hundred dollars to win on Star Tontes to take out the Golden Pendant from Nimalee if it gets luck with Jamea in third, and then Espiona have to throw it in for fourth. I'm going to chuck 50 each way on expat, actually. Mark Newnham's horse in... Uh, I, I like that horse. All right, coming up, it's the Quaddies. Ah, what a beautiful day to celebrate those who embrace all walks of life. The Bluebet kind of guy. From the tradies and crypto traders to the manscapers, landscapers and park footy fourth raiders. We get around them all. We've been to Paris, Dubai and Rome, but prefer Pakenham, Doombin and Randwick. And from the land down under, we love an underdog. Like the little Aussie battlers batting above. That's why you bet with Bluebet, the true blue Aussie bookie. Blue! Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. All right, quaddy time. Let's have a look at Sandown. First leg of the quaddy race, six Jim Maloney stakes. Brad? Yeah, good little race, this 1,400 metres for fillies at listed level. I'm pretty keen on the two Russian conquests. All her stuff away from heavy tracks uh, is top class for this level. That includes a second, a closing second to Cool and Gatter in Queensland on a good track. She she needs she might not need it like a good four 
Uh, I think a five or six would be okay, but the weather down here is actually not too bad, sort of leading into Sunday. Um, the firmer the better. Jamie Carr was booked last weekend when she was scratched after the, the downpour they received, and she's booked again. I've actually backed her at $8. She's sort of my strongest bet of the day so far. Um, the 12 Desire, this is the other one I've had a bet on. It has a great profile heading towards a, a thousand guineas. Um, lightly raced and she's the fresh blood for the Mara Newsis stable. What took my eye was a Mooney Valley gallop during the week. Um, she just moves like a really good filly and uh, I think she can run really well. She's the one sort of on the up. She's around that $14, $14 mark. The one revolutionary miss, um, stable mate to Russian Conquest, very good against the pattern at the Valley, went almost as well as Boogie Dancer. That filly bolted in last week, now gets the blinkers on and Hillside suits her. She's another key hope at a good price. She's around sort of $13. I, I'm pretty keen those three, but I'm going to go a bit wider because I'm, I'm thinking we can land this quaddy. So uh, I'm going to put in the five for the, the Godolphin Blue. Comes through that same Mooney Valley race as revolutionary miss, stable in really good form. Um, and the favourite, I'm going to put her in. I think she's a vulnerable favourite, the four bolts on by, but she can go in as well. So first leg, we've got two, 12, one, five, and four. What are your numbers, Matt, in the first leg, which is the golden pendant we just spoke about in Sydney? Yeah, we just spoke about it. I'll just, the, the four horses I mentioned will have to go in. I think Expat should go in too. These, these races, I haven't had a good history on this day. I come close to winning 50 grand in a quaddy when the Gerald Ryan horse uh, trapeze artist won the Golden Rose at 40 to 1. I just got a memory pop up about that so I'm still hurting from all those years ago and oh, and I had second, third and fourth in my last leg of the quaddy that day anyway. Mm. um, We'll we'll put Nimalee in, start Tontes Jamea, 1, 2, 3 from Expat 5 and 8 Espiona for the first leg. What are your numbers in the Underwood, Brad? We've had a really good look at this race. What are your numbers in the Quaddy? Yeah, just just those top two for me, Tim. Just the one Zaki and the two, I'm thunderstruck. I think you'll get a result there. Absolutely. Uh, what about that second leg of the Quaddy in Sydney, Matt? Yeah, uh, we've obviously discussed it. We'll, we'll have to put Sajardin in as our um, as our value horse, the $20 chance. And I'm just going to put I'll put the three fillies in, Fireburn, She's Extreme, and In Secret. Um, don't want to put too many more in. Um, yeah, I... I'll go with that. That'll do us. Yeah, okay. And the third leg of the quaddy, of course, is the Sandown Stakes. Yeah, leaving out pinstripes, I've just got the five Dragon Leap, nine Military Expert, and the 12 Gentleman Roy. What about the third leg of the quaddy for you, Matty? Yeah, um, Rustic Steel coming out is a bit of a bummer um, because I thought it was a good chance in the Shannon. Um, But Ellsberg um, has to be a real good chance. $3 favourite now that it's out. War Eternal on the quick backup is... Should have won, I think, last start um, on on the weekend against Ita. Yeah, yeah got held up at a, at a bad at a bad spot. So, um, we'll, 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 I think Ellsberg is surely it's you know if it can't win this race, it's going to be hard to win other races because it sets up perfectly for him. So we'll just put two and thirteen in. All right, that is the Shannon Stakes, and the final leg of the Quaddy at Sandown on Sunday is the Testarossa Stakes, Brad. Yeah, this is another really high quality race this weekend. Um, it's just the thirteen hundred at listed level. The four I wish I win is pretty short. He's two dollars. That's not my sort of areas for having a bet, but it does look a bit of a kill job on the way through to a Turak and a, potentially a Golden Eagle. Um, I think he would have won the the Rupert Clark last week if he made the field. Ran a career peak first up under the guidance of his new trader Peter Moody. In saying that, 
you know, he's improved his rating by 7 to 10% at each of his last four starts. Handles all conditions, and I love a fast closing speed off a good tempo. That's a sign of a, a horse on his way to group one. So um, I want to have him sort of stood out for 80% of the bank. And the other one I want to put in is it, is it a bit of value. It's the six open-minded. He's around that sort of $14, $15 mark. It's a good rough, really, uh, particularly a, a place bet, I think, in this race. Uh, he too was set for the Rupert Clark Stakes, just didn't make the cut. Uh, he's a horse that once he's fit, can get on speed and make it really hard for them to run him down. Third up, he's three starts for two wins in a third. And his last two preps, his ratings have jumped by 10% when he's been third up. So he's starting to uh, he's starting from a much higher base this time in. So if he does that again, if he improves his rating 10%, they won't beat him. Um, 1,300 metres with no weight at the hillside is just a great setup for him on speed. And I just think he's a big price. So I want to have him in for 20% of the quality as well, the six open-minded. So what are those numbers? Four, I wish I win for 80% and six open-minded for 20%. Okay. Well, there that's the quality for Sandown. Race 10 in uh, in Sydney, Rose Hill. It's a benchmark 78. It's the final leg of the quaddy. Yeah, I think a very fine red first up might be able to upset them here at $8.50. So it has to go in. I, I just think fire... Um, the four, the favourite, obviously has to has to be in the numbers too. And Kipsby is on fire at the moment, going for three straight, five dollars fifty, nice enough value. I just can't see much coming from outside those three. I'm looking for something down the bottom of the numbers to throw in there. I just couldn't find one. I think we just go um, number three, a very fine red from four, fire eight, Kipsby. All right, up next, it's the best bet of the day. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Matty, best bet, what do you think? Um, it was Rustic Steel before he'd been scratched from the Shannon, but my best bet, I'm going to go with Star Tontes in the Golden Pendant at $7. What about you, Brad? Yeah, <laughs> Russian Conquest for me was sort of my best result. I backed her at $8, but she's into five fifty, so that makes it a bit tough. Um, in Secret, I think, is the best bet of the day, but she's probably getting a little bit short for me as a best bet as well. This is controversial, you know, having not hit a quaddy since Hey Hey at Saturday was on air, <laughs> but I'm 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 going to make the Underwood Stakes quaddy uh, my best bet of the day. Um, so just recapping those numbers, I've got two twelve one five four. I'm just really keen we can hit this. The second leg we've got one and two. Um, the third leg we've got five nine and twelve, and in the fourth leg we've got I wish I win the four, and we've got the open, open-minded open number six. So if you're working on a $100 strategy for your quaddies, we're looking at $80 for I wish I win, and then you take a second quaddy with 20, for $20 open-minded. That'll get you 266% for I wish I win and 66% if open-minded was to win the final leg. Mm, get you a nice meal on a Saturday night. Juicy. Or, uh, actually on a Sunday Sunday night because yeah. it's Sander. But I actually I'm, I'm actually look at the Underwood for, for my best bet, and I think it is the Quinella of uh, I'm Thunderstruck and Zaki because I think that we're lo- looking at a real preview of the Cox Plate. All right, there is our... Our best bets of the day. 
That's it for What I'm Backing and Why. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors, Matt. Bluebet, the wholly owned Aussie bookie. Hopefully we've found you some winners. Brad and Matt, thanks. We'll see you next week. See you, guys. Thanks, guys. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.